0: flyover footy. Uh, We got a new show for you tonight that is the full team. We've got the entire starting five is this uh, this is like a full indoor soccer team? At least we need a goalie, I guess. We don't have a goalie, but uh, everyone's here. Let's let's run it down. Who's here uh, before we get started? Uh, Santiago, you were the first to log in tonight. I heard it's a balmy eighty degrees down in Puerto Rico uh, right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. Still, still enjoying Puerto Rico. Have a couple <laughs> more weeks. And by the way, I played some goalie uh, in high school, so I could be a goalie. Oh.
0: Perfect. Perfect. So we need one outfield player uh, to add. Or we just play a man down the whole time. You guys ready to run for an hour straight? Sure. That's all I do. That's all I do. When you don't have too much skill, you have to run to make up for it. What happens when you're 38 and you have neither? That's me. Okay, Matt, that's the voice of Matt Baker talking.
2: Um, Matt, did you play soccer on a high level at all? I didn't. No, I definitely did not. I came into soccer like late in life. I was a late bloomer as far as my love for soccer because I didn't have a team uh, like a youth high school team growing up. My my school didn't have soccer, so I I grew into the love thanks to uh, one Thierry Henry primarily and, and FIFA. I want to say a 01. Yeah. Nice quick backstory for me.
0: Similar for me as well. Um, Jake, how's it going, man? You're here tonight. Last week was a tough one for you, right?
3: Uh, I mean the fact that I didn't make it and I just had to watch and listen later.
0: You were busy, like I could tell you were busy. You were like trying to keep up with Twitter and work. I think was pretty rough for you,
3: and like you didn't even know we were having a show till it was like about to happen. I don't mean you know, that you as guys a like we're, we're going. I was like, I, there's no way I could. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> I'm glad
0: you're here this week, man. Thanks for making it. Uh yeah. also, My, here... my, oh, my dog
3: will be probably barging in at some at some point, so that's our other outfield
4: player. Mark oh, will be running. perfect.
3: There you go.
0: This is ideal. Yeah, this is perfect. Stuart's here, and we can see him. What's up, Stu?
4: Yeah, my my, uh, laptop uh, camera decided to work after being broken for 14 months. I did hot swap out the uh, uh, laptop battery, so maybe that was something that the settings were... Uh, messed up on that I don't know but yeah you guys unfortunately have to see me and uh, thanks to Johnny Garcia for bullying me into uh, making sure I had a camera I was
0: was gonna say I'm glad to have you on and if we post any clips it won't be like uh, a pulsating Fulham
2: logo (laughs) no more free advertisement for Fulham that's right
4: (laughs) so you can follow me at uh, at Fulham STL
0: (laughs) There you go. I like it. Um, all right. So, not a ton has happened this week. Like last week, we last time we we uh, streamed, it was just like perfect because. What was announced? Carnell was announced, and then we streamed that night. So, that was awesome. This time, we have a little more time to dig into all the other stuff. We're going to start with MLS Next Pro um, roster rules. Uh, I think we, of course, need to start with Matt on this one, and you can get us rolling with some of the
2: rules, and maybe we'll circle back around to you to, to really make sure we cleaned everything up. Uh, I'll just go through a few, and if you guys are like, this sounds, this sounds idiotic, feel free to jump in. Although credit to the roster rules, it makes a lot more sense and it's a lot more, it's almost like sneaky uh, making sense compared to what MLS actually is. It's like, it's almost too good to be true type of thing. So I'm curious what you guys think. Um, So the article Jeff Reuter came out with had a lot of details. Um, First thing was just self-explanatory 20 MLS teams plus Rochester is going to start off the league. Um, The biggest thing that I think he broke with was there's no salary cap this league. So, MLS has a strict salary cap with a lot of mechanisms to get around that strict salary cap, but there's no salary cap in this league, which is really interesting. Um, Along with that, there's no minimum or maximum salaries, which that's kind of where I want to get your guys' opinions on in a minute on how that, what do you you think? Good news slash bad news. But um, the other big thing with that is, in MLS, contracts are with the league. And you're basically licensed to the team, or the team uh, operates your contract. Um, in MLS Next Pro, every player's contract will be with the team itself, akin to like what USL is doing. Um, so that, in and of itself, kind of all those put together makes a lot more flexibility and just interesting ways that teams can build their rosters. It don't have to be similar at all to each other, but just the sheer concept though, remembering that MLSX Pro is a almost a child team to MLS, I can't really see too much variation in that and if and when we do I, I will be interested to see if it's the big spenders in MLS that actually try to Go outside the box for using these um, using these different things. Along with that, players can't be traded like they are in MLS. So in MLS, uh, you have GAM. You're using to trade players. Well, Paul Ariel is a great example recently, where he's been rumored to go to other teams um, in MLS. Uh, right now, Charlotte is rumored to give him two million in GAM. But you can't do that in MLS Next Pro because GAM doesn't exist. So those mechanisms, mm. GAM, TAM, uh, DPS, none of that exists in MLS Next Pro. So you're talking contracts with teams, you're talking cash transfer fees, you're talking negotiations by players to other teams if you're going to move within the league. Uh, I don't, I don't personally think we're going to see a whole lot of that right off the bat. But as the league develops, it will be interesting to see fees, um, what that looks like. Those are kind of you know, each team gets seven international slots. Um, Those are kind of like the ground floor type things. Um, There's a lot as far as like what the rosters make up. But with those things, I'm interested in what you guys think of that right there. Like the no salary cap, the minimum, no minimum maximum salaries. Every contract is with the team. um, No mechanisms like MLS, seven international slots. It really seems to me like they're... Taking what they're putting their money where their mouth is, and using this league as a test site for all of the different things they could theoretically do in the future. So, you think about it, a lot of this stuff is what we want MLS to adopt: the freedom to do all this stuff—no salary cap, no maximum, no minimum. Just let give let people spend their money however they want to build the best team they want.
4: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is. I I took it as a lot of it is uh, pulled lifted off of USL. So if they want to compete with a uh, you know a Division three Division two, they have to kind of take some of the USL rules. Um, but the cynical part of me looks at the no minimum salary and instantly thinks of how many owners were they there recently who reported that they wanted to get rid of their academies altogether? There were several. Huh. So we know there are some MLS owners that really don't want to spend money. So are we going to see a lot of college guys or recent college graduates who are basically making USL 1.0 salaries for the summer? I mean, the no minimum is what, what, what worries me. I, I don't see that as any way you can spin that positively necessarily, especially when you have USL with a, you know, a, with the players association. I mean, that, that part of the roster rules, I, I really doesn't sit great with me, but I like to no know maximum. I mean, if they want to go out and spend big, I like that.
2: With the no minimum, you're kind of hoping that you everybody's on their best behavior and not underpaying anybody. And that's a lot of trust to put into uh, people who haven't really shown that they're looking out for anything other than their, their bottom line. I assume the worst,
0: because that's the kind of person I am. Uh, Do you guys worry about um, the other kind of bad that I think Stu kind of mentioned it there that you put an MLS player on an MLS next pro team when you pay them as much as you want, and then you loan them up. I, I, that's, that's one rule. I'm not sure. Is that what you're getting to? So, later, Matt? Am I jumping? So it, a
2: little bit, but that's, that's one of the unknowns that, that, that kind of example. But the other thing Stu is getting to is loading up players fresh out of college. Um, so there are requirements to rosters that were announced too. So the, each team will have 24 roster slots for people who are getting Paid so your your contract, so they have to have at least 12 contracted players will be carried. Um, I don't know where that other 12 is coming from, but professional type players. Uh, so the, the 24 people on the roster, whether it's um, people we signed as homegrowns or new signees from other teams, uh, there's a 24 man roster limit. However, there's an additional 11 slots on that roster that can be occupied by amateur players. So, and from that from those 11, there's a requirement for on the field as well, which is really interesting. Um, you can only have at most five amateurs on the field at the, at the same time. So yeah. you can have 11 amateurs on your roster, only five on the field at the same time. My thought is I could see City 2 in particular um, signing a handful five to ten of their U17s from last year to actual contracts. So they're now professional soccer players uh, playing in this, in this league on this team. But they could at any point in time, they've got 11 amateurs. So existing 16s and 17s, they could call up, they could put on the roster, they could have them dress, they could have them play. And that's how you get those five at maximum is existing academy players who retain their amateur status. Playing on the field at one time, that's what she mm-hmm. said? Okay, yeah. You, yeah. You, could have, you could have a team comprised of, uh, like, we could start us off with five of our current U16, U17 players, and then six players who are under contract.
1: That could be a start. That could be a lineup. It's mad, and there is only a maximum. There is no minimum, right? Correct. Yeah, you could go with zero amateurs or academies.
0: Which is interesting, because I half expected this to be a glorified U19 team. And it sounds like, you know, with these rules, it's not at all that. It's it's so interesting to me that they do seem, with the rules that you mentioned, that, you know, I think Smitty even said in the chat that it's very USL championship-like. And it it is. Um, There's not many rules, and it does seem to be more like a pro league rather than a glorified U19 team, which I don't even know which I... Would prefer as a, as an MLS city now. Like it's very weird <laughs> to be in an, uh, with an MLS team. Like I'd almost wish we could put eleven academy players out there. I don't know what you guys think of that,
1: Santiago. I, I think, Jake, any thoughts? Sorry. Yeah, I, I think having the balance um, between academy and also professional is good. Uh, as you said, if if you don't have a a limit, you could have a an starting eleven with a bunch of academy players, and even though that would be great to give minutes to all those players, I think the league also needs to um, have our players, uh, professional players, and players with more experience will give it uh, also higher level. So it'll be interesting to see how every team handles uh, that mix between professionals and academy players.
0: You know, it's been mentioned on other podcasts, but, uh, you know, maybe they want no salary cap because they want one of their teams to go really far in the Open Cup this year. You know, I mean, we could get some ringers and throw them on the field. We can bring Tommy Heineman back for the last few minutes of every single game and, th- you know, it's legal. We can do it. Um, so that's kind of cool. You know, I love that we're going to be in the Open Cup. Stu, I know you love that too.
4: Yeah, I, that was amazing news when i heard that we need to get those banners back out this year (laughs) we we do have banners we have the old ones and we have something special that we were saving for uh for last year and obviously the pandemic Mm -hmm. 20 gosh pandemic's been going on two years <laughs> I know
2: it's just that, that, that it exists now
4: that face he just made.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how we all feel uh, Jake what are you thinking about like roster makeup what you'd like to see with your team with uh, uh, you know this third division side MLS next
3: pro yeah well I had a couple questions um, I guess there there is an age limit is there an age limit for this team for the no no but there's so, a
0: limit on how many you can have right is that right
3: Matt, uh, we'll a certain number over like twenty-four. Am yeah, I up, up. right. I, they're
2: yeah, over twenty. I want to say tw- so the 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 um those the age limit yeah. the age limit is based on something that I was gonna that I, that Phil's not gonna like, and it's based on discovery rates. Oh. Um, so there's I I never read anything about an age limit on. Uh, players you can sign or anything like that. The the age limit relates to uh, players that a team can claim discovery rights on from an MLS perspective mm. to MLS Next Pro because the Contracts are, are with MLS Next Pro, and so if you have if you sign somebody directly to MLS Next Pro contract, an MLS team um, can claim discovery rights on a player if they're not homegrown or do the super draft. Well,
0: in they, Matt, just yeah. for a second, I'm so sorry, Matt, because um, Jake, you sound, sounded like you were getting at something like as far as the age limit and stuff. Yeah,
3: well, I guess I'm trying to figure out, I was gonna ask too, like the limitations between um, if. Jumping up and down, like from first team and second team, if you call it that, between MLS and MLS Next Pro. Because if I'm looking at no salary cap, like what's to stop a team from going like spending a ton of money, even if we spend a ton of money this year and then next year we throw them on, on MLS. But if you spend a, I don't know what the benefit to that is, but if you say you just spend a ton of money and not worry about your DPs or game or anything and put them on your MLS Next Pro, On a contract that's unlimited, essentially, what's to stop you from letting that player jump up to MLS while on
4: it? They still have to be uh, compliant with MLS. When they move from MLS Next Pro, when they move up to MLS, that contract has to be compliant with MLS roster rules.
2: Yeah, so, and you can okay. you can use so those things that exist in MLS that don't exist in MLS Next Pro can come into play. Like you can start buying players down with GAM, or um, they can be part of your under twenty two initiative signings or a young DP. Uh, but the, the one thing that hasn't really been clarified is if you sign a player uh, in MLS, um, what's, the pro- what's the process to go down to MLS Pro? Is it because the contract's, again, not with the leagues, with the team? So is it a loan process where you just loan it from? I mean, it's MLS loaning to City 2 mm-hmm. directly. Uh, is, is that any different in theory from what we usually see with uh, loans to USL championship clubs? It doesn't really seem like it would be that much different. Um, there might be some behind the scenes that are like you do funny money, you do things differently but just practically it just seems like you would be alone in that way um, I, I'm interested to see Jake, the first player who actually goes from an MLS next contract to MLS, what kind of hoops they have to jump through, or yeah. whether it will be as straightforward as any other player that you might want from an international player or a USL championship player that you sign and you just make it work with whatever, whatever salary cap space you have
0: Yeah, and what I've been discovering, if I'm if I were to guess like how it will go is it's really nice that this MLS Next Pro is so open and it as a separate entity is great. Right. But anytime you could do almost anything you want with that little team over there, but anytime you move anyone an MLS contract there is there's a whole bunch of other things that like other hoops you got to jump through so like everything's fine in USL everything's fine MLS next pro you can do mostly whatever you want but if you want to move them up to MLS that's where you got to have your ducks in a row and prepared like homes homegrown rights homegrown territories discovery rights and so you know we shouldn't go into that today but it is something we should be thinking about I will be like Waking up in the middle of the night wondering who and who is legal and who isn't. But there are some ways
2: there are some ways though that you just automatically have the rights. And I think City Two is gonna be important to remember those. Like if you if we sign a player to a homegrown contract, that's automatically ours for MLS. Um, if we whoever we pick in the super draft next year, and they play for our MLS next pro, they're automatically ours. Like that, those are the two protections that you have on players. So Matt, I cut you off
0: earlier. Did you were you able to finish that thought? And is there more that we should talk about here before we move on?
2: For the roster rules in general. Yes. Um, the
0: crazier
1: ones. The Discovery Right one. Yeah, the Discovery
2: so, Right one sounds yeah. interesting. <laughs> so here's the example that's from the article, um, and I'll just read it verbatim because it's a really good example. So it's about claiming rights on players, where um, uh, MLSX Pro contract to sign, let's say, sign sporting kids to signed sporting Kansas City to sign player player. Um, St. Louis City, their MLS team could put a a claim on that player if it's not a homegrown or a super draft pick. And the example is, let's just say, in the event that St. Louis City wants to sign an unprotected player from Sporting's MLS Next Pro roster, the two sides are going to have to come to an agreement to acquire the player's rights. Um, City would need to put that player on their discovery list to have the exclusive negotiating rights for that player. From there, City and Sporting would negotiate a transfer or a loan agreement to settle their business before City could negotiate terms with the player for a contract. Ooh. So, if a player in MLS Next Pro, I mean, it boils down to if a player is not homegrown or a super draft pick, um, they can be claimed by any team as discovery rights. So, um, if Sporting then wanted to bring that player up and they were on the discovery list with City, probably gonna have to pay City some money. Um, the problem that introduces is that example right there, where if you have, um, let's just say Cincinnati, Cincinnati says, I'm placing discovery rights on all of these random people who aren't homegrown or super draft just because the mechanism exists and I can place discovery rights on them. And all of a sudden, the City wants to bring a guy up or, or trade for a guy, but oh, just randomly, Cincinnati has their discovery rights. Well, now City has to pay. Uh, Cincinnati for those discovery rights. That's the oddball way that I figured, Phil, you'd have a problem with, because you're going to probably have teams who just put discovery rights. I mean, they might have a a scouting network, and they might do some legitimate legwork, but you also might have some teams who just pick a name out of a hat and put discovery rights on because they can, and there's no reason to stop them.
0: Yeah. And without going into too many details, like, I like, I I think um, I've already been acclimated or I don't remember the word (laughs) like Americanized or MLSized, but, um, I'm already like getting used to it because it's like, I kind of view that as the world we live in. And I, and I've been able to like, think of in most ways, this usually works out and there's a problem sometimes where MLS, like, I always think of it as like, there's always a Trump card and you just got to figure out what the Trump card is and who has the upper hand in what situation and unfortunately like guys like Lutz and and now Carnell who hopefully has enough experience in MLS that you know he's he's used to being ready for this kind of thing um, is knowing who owns the trump card whether you can wriggle around the rules with MLS if not um, in order to make sure that whoever you're investing in is actually yours and that's the scary part and then often like kind of like what you said Matt here like even if we want to bring someone up through MLS Next Pro He's been on our team for a year, maybe two, maybe three years, but we don't have his discovery rights for MLS and we want to bring him up. This other team has the trump card if it's on that discovery list. And so, like, they can – the weird thing might be, like, someday someone's like, no, you can't have him. And then what happens? That's the scary thing that I, like, wake up in the middle of the night thinking, if you guys remember Christian capis like – this is that situation, right? With, but with homegrown territories and we won't go into that. you know, I think another day we'll probably be talking pretty heavily about that, but those are the worries. But I think I like to think of it as a Trump card situation because it's kind of easy to, you know, not have to think too hard about the rule itself, but just know that someone else could Trump you at any moment.
2: To me, the most interesting thing right now is I'm trying to think how, why, why should we care about most of this stuff right now? We don't have an MLS club for another year and a couple months. So, what what is the thing for us to pay attention to right now for all this stuff? And aside from the super nerdy stuff of how much people are making and um, whether players are, to Stu's point, being treated like dirt or if they're being given the keys to the kingdom, I think it's interesting to see that teams get seven international roster slots for here, so we could be using those. Uh, we might have already used those. We might be signing some players from South America, from, from Germany. Uh, Carnell's mentioned some of the places that he wants to scout from and knows that there's talent. So, we could be scouting those places and bringing those in now, this year. Um, and we could also be signing, we will be signing, I think. I don't think it's a stretch that we will be signing some of our U-17s to pro contracts. So, how many are we going to sign? Yeah. Who are we going to sign? Is it the, the handful or so that we've talked about before? And then, taking into consideration that we're going to have those that remain on the U-17s, plus probably some U-16s, get some time with this team at some point or another. Um, and, and what is that going to look like from a competition perspective, and what are we going to prioritize? Are we Because this whole thing is a balancing act, right? It's, it's all balancing development of players with competition. You're not straight competing like USL Championship clubs. Um, you're not straight developing like MLS Next. They're trying to have the best of both worlds with all these rules and with, heck, the teams. I mean, at the same time, you're trying to draw in independent teams to this league, so you want to give them that competition aspect. And so, I think that's why we're seeing a a lot of these rules set up the way they are, so different from MLS. You're trying to draw in the independent teams. So, I want to see how much we prioritize just winning, almost at all costs, versus developing the academy players, getting them time, uh, and if that ever becomes uh, skewed one way or another for us. Yeah. Uh, and
0: I like to think about the lottery picks, and I think about Atlanta United holding like Sosa or some, you know, South American player on Atlanta United too, because they didn't have roster space for a bit. And being able, like, I'm good with like, let's manipulate these rules however we need. Sorry, Santi, how, what were you going to say?
1: No, um uh, to echo what Matt was saying, um I don't think St. Louis C D S C will prioritize winning the first year because basically twenty twenty two will be like a laboratory for twenty twenty three. They'll be able to to uh look to test different formation, different players. So, I don't think the priority, at least for 2022, will be winning. will be more to get into uh, 2023 and getting some of the players that they would like to move up to uh, the main team. Yeah, I
0: like that. Any more thoughts on MLS Next Pro? And this is just the beginning. We'll be talking a lot more about it. So, uh, I'm sh- And there will be much more to bring up from time to time, I'm sure. Any other thoughts?
3: Yeah, Jamie Vardy moves from uh, owner to owner striker. Comes in, <laughs> wins the league. What if he? What if he
0: plays in the Open Cup? I think they can play in it. So. They can.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're eligible. I mean, when does his season? So his season will end in May. Now uh, they have to They'd make have it. They have to so. win a couple rounds. Yeah. They'd have to beat at least oh, okay. one MLS team. Okay. Uh, I'll check that up as pretty unlikely, but, you know. <laughs> I did, like, on, on every
3: single announcement, with anything MLS Next Pro, there was always, like, an asterisk or, like, in parentheses under Rochester. It was, like, owned by Premier League Leicester City's Danny Barney. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we know. Hey, we get I, it.
4: I wonder if his his ownership stake was literally, like, a dollar and they're like we the rest is just we can use it like (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) on everything like oh well i I mean demba bob that's basically what they did with him in uh 1904 in um san diego so
0: hey i mean who got the better deal it's it still might be rochester rhino's (laughs)
2: You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if already played in the U S open cup, unless the Charlotte FC was their opponent at home. I don't see him playing on turf.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows what else he'd be playing on in the open cup. Anyway, some of that grass may be just terrible. Um, yeah, exactly. Let's move on though. Um, we haven't, uh, a show since John Hackworth was announced as the interim interim MLS next pro coach um, until the academy season is over, um, and so that's a cool announcement. Um, I don't want. I shouldn't say more. Uh, Santiago, why don't you start us off on this one?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's great. Um, he has great experience experience with the U.S. national team and experience with Louisville, uh, which is one of the top teams in the USL. And um, I think it would be great for the uh, development of the young players and also for any players the team is thinking about bringing um, this season and possibly bringing up next year. So I think it would be great to have him at least for the first few months. Um, as the interim coach. It uh, will also motivate the players to be playing for, for such a successful coach and learning from him and getting coaching. Um, so I think it'll be great for the team, for the players, and it uh, he will help us uh, for 2023.
2: Anyone else want to jump in? I, find... I thought I thought he, he was way overqualified. Yeah. <laughs> and when we were talking about this last year, and MLS Next Pro was first announced, and we were thinking, all right, who, who are we going to bring in? And it was at the same time, the rumors of him coming, and we were thinking, all right, what's his position going to be? And I, I thought for sure there's no chance he's going to coach our um, City 2 team because he's just way over, overqualified. So, I'm happy to see it. Uh, be, what, like what Santiago say he's an incredible resume, incredibly um, decorated coach, and and he has all the history in the world. That's why he's the perfect director of coaching. Uh, he brings all of that to the entire organization. Um, as an interim coach, I'm fine with it. I mean, I I would I would want his talents to be put to better use, almost, if that makes sense. Which they are long term. But in the in the gap between um, Andreas Schumacher coming and or, or moving up rather, I think it's a fine um, transition. And If you're not going to have anybody step into that role immediately and let Schumacher graduate, so to speak, um, it just makes all the sense in the world to have that, um, that eye within the organization. Yeah, the, this trajectory
0: that Hackworth's on MLS to youth national team to USL championship, now MLS Next Pro. The dude's just going downhill, guys. Like, <laughs> no, like, obviously we know why he's here. And we're these kids are going to be so lucky to have him as a coach for a while. The, the guy knows what he's doing, proved it with Louisville. So, yeah, super lucky. Any other thoughts on, on
3: him before we move on? I got some more questions. This yeah. is just me asking all the questions and trying to figure stuff out. And I, wa- I didn't watch live last time, but I did listen to the podcast. So if I missed it and you guys talked about it, I apologize. You're going to have to talk about it again. But I guess that what like that role exactly, director of coaching, and how does that tie in or work with in tandem or side by side? Like how, how does that work with Carnell? Do you guys know or have an idea what that role is?
2: My understanding is that I
3: mean it's, it's coaching the
2: coaches. He's de- he's developing the almost the curriculum, the the guiding principles, the, the culture, um, setting the foundation by which all of our coaches live and live and breathe day in day out. Uh, he's making sure that all of the coaches are aligned as well, so that whatever's going on um, with Bradley Carnell aligns with Andre Schumacher at City Two, with what the kids are learning at the academy. So he when when Lutz talks about. Um, making sure that everybody in the organization is learning the same system on the same page from the 14s on up that's Hackworth's job is with the coaches, making sure the coaches are implementing that vision in a standard manner across the organization. Sounds right to
0: me. Again, lucky to have him. And I, you know, I'm with you, Matt. I think you were uh, the one that said that, you know, he's. I hope he does the other stuff too. I think I know that's why he's there, right? You know, so that's that's the stuff we may never know exactly what he's doing, but the fact that he's on board, you know, it makes me feel better about some of the players we might bring in. Actually, you know, if the Josh Yarrow uh, rumors are true, of course there might be a connection there. Uh, we talked about the San Diego San Diego loyal possibility because the son's there, and he's probably watched a lot of minutes of that team and probably seen a lot of Josh Yarrow in his life. So you know, it'd be silly to not at least speculate about. That and maybe ask him someday if we get the chance.
2: But um, you it's know, a perfect example of uh, going back to the MLS Next Pro. Like, how's our roster going to be constructed? Well, yeah. this is an example where we got a guy, or rumored uh, from Stephen Goff, uh, rumored to have Josh Arrow from San Diego Loyal, defender who I believe um, USL second team defender last year. So he's, he's yeah. got accolades. But anyway, from the Loyal, where Halfworth's son plays, so there's a direct, almost personal connection as one way that we're seeming to craft this roster. So Hackworth and that connection and wonder what loses connections might have.
4: Or yeah. Initially yeah. I, I haven't looked it up, but did Yarrow play for Hackworth with the U 17s? Because he, age-wise, would have lined up pretty, pretty mm. closely with that. Whereas Yarrow only represented Ghana?
0: Yeah, I don't think he's, a. I mean, I think he has a green card, I'm sure, but I don't think he has American citizenship, per se. So, yeah, I think he's okay. still Ghanaian.
4: Oh, his Wikipedia is officially changed now, um, unofficially no. changed. Mm-hmm. Um, it now has City 2 as his, his God bless Wikipedia yeah. so, so it is official let's see now. how long that lasts he's number, <laughs> number 14 for St. Louis City SC2 so well, which one see, did you change that? Uh, it's probably the same person who changed the Bradley Carnell um, uh, Wait, if, if he already has a
2: number, then how do we how do we find out what other numbered San City players are listening I know, to Wikipedia? I know. <laughs> We've gotten in. Someone is filling in information, and uh, you know. I mean, I'm good at refreshing a loose City page to find our schedule, but I'm not good at like backdooring Wikipedia for keywords yeah. across the whole site. I mean, True. we can repeat golf rumors, but I don't know if we can repeat the rest. <laughs>
4: That's true. Yeah. So it's Wikipedia <laughs> at least says he got his green card in 2017. So, so
2: he's not on international roster slot. I have
0: seven. <laughs> yeah. that's what I was getting uh, at.
4: Yeah, uh, I was actually kind of surprised it was that late because he's been in the U.S. for a long time since 2009. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's ex- <laughs> I'm just impressed by all this stuff. But, no, there's there's no Hackworth overlap with, um, I thought there might be something with the U-17s. Mm. Um,
0: and Mitch brought up in, in the, this is silly, um, today or yesterday, I don't know, I listened to it today, that he thought that Hack might have been at the union when he was drafted, which is a really good thought. I hadn't considered it, but they weren't, they weren't.
4: Both yeah guys. hackworth left union in 2012 2013 something like that yeah uh he was he was back there a while ago um but they also announced in the same announcement of hackworth that our friend bomi park is the player relations manager of mls next pro so uh he's great Bomi's awesome. She's someone everyone in St. Louis should know. She's just fantastic. She's uh, part of the St. Louis Mosaic Project, um, and she does a lot of stuff for, like, uh, settling, helping immigrants settle and get accustomed to St. Louis. So she is just one of the awesome people in St. Louis, and I couldn't let this go by without throwing her some accolades her way because she's just someone I've gotten to know in the last year and a half. Who's just so incredible.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Stu. I'm excited to uh, meet her someday. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm reading the chat. I'm getting distracted. It worked. It worked. Okay. Um, read, read, read the chat, then if there's anything funny, I saw. Uh, I saw Smitty was bashing on Cincy, so I'm all for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, there were some. There were some other people too who uh, who were announced as, as to the next pro staff. Um, Alex Langer is the director of goalkeeping, which is interesting. Um, and Stu, we were we were talking about this earlier. Uh, it seems like Langer director of goalkeeping with the MLS Next pro side, Tim Kelly, seems like he's still working with the academy, best to our knowledge. Yeah, no, TK is still there. Yeah. No, I know he's still there, but I mean, like, his scope of responsibility is still with the academy. Um, So, like, all these are next pro kind of announcements. And then, uh, I just found that interesting. Um, Tyler Harris, athletic trainer. Brendan Gittemeyer, equipment manager, who interned at San Luis FC. I, I didn't know the guy, but that's pretty cool that there was a, a equipment manager for Next Pro who was interned for San FC before going off to the national
4: team. Yeah. Yeah, it was Brendan the one who replaced. Uh, gosh, how am I blanking on this? Uh, Inter Miami. Um, Git man, he was. Oh, I'm I think it kid man forever. I believe him. Gosh, am going to
2: feel so bad.
4: Cool first name. I forgot what it was. He's way beyond us right now, so I know he's not the worst. Gonna pay attention. um gosh. Anyways, did
2: Aaron Vega? Aaron Vega.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, did Brendan replace Aaron Vega?
2: That he didn't leave that long ago, did he? This would have had to have been before that, I thought. Because uh, yeah. Brendan, Brendan was with the national team for, I would assume, a year or
4: two. Okay, Brendan looks familiar, yeah, though. I'm, I'm looking at his picture right now with the national team. Definitely recognize him. Uh him.
0: Vega left the season before the last season to go mm-hmm. to uh, Inter, right? Miami. Yeah, to start, to start with them.
4: Yeah. yeah, for Inter's first yeah. year.
0: So uh, another one, Matt, I see you're wearing a city jersey. It's uh, yeah. uh, totally officially licensed, by the way. It is or
2: unofficially. Oh, it's definitely a, a do it yourself project. Okay,
0: I thought so. No, <laughs>
4: but I
2: didn't want to okay. say so. Uh an Adidas uh a templated jersey plus a city patch. Perfect. Plus some sewing equipment. Uh, I like love a it. Thing,
4: so right? a, a templated jersey uh A templated right? jersey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that works pretty well. I went full MLS.
0: <laughs> that thing's going to be worth some money someday. Uh but no there's been a rumored announcement I thought this is just for fun everyone there's nothing um, for real that we're about to talk about in the next 5, 10 whatever minutes but there's an announcement coming some people thought it would be stadium naming rights some people thought it would be jersey drop based on Carnell and the the Cardinals thing that was happening Uh, let's just talk about it for a bit Uh, Jake I'm sure you've been following this saga you have any thoughts about what you might think it might be Oh, Jake, are you muted? I can't I'm hear good. Sorry. I There
3: we I, go. I put mute on my end. Um, <laughs> what I was saying, first of all, I'm just mad because I thought we had this thing going where City makes an announcement the day we're doing an episode and we're going live. Yeah,
0: what's so going on?
3: <laughs> I think they they knew they like just messed with us. They're like, oh, we should hold it off until like at least Thursday <laughs> until after they record. Watching their watches. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it's Jersey, even though I I did have that thought when the specific wording and the tweet from the Cardinals made it seem like it was going to be a jersey but I think we're way too far out for that. Although yeah, I'm like, I I so. considering what whether I'm trying I've been thinking about what they're going to do with the City 2 jersey. I think we talked about it in the group chat a while back too cuz I might have made some mock-ups um, and then sent them in the group chat um, <laughs> that won't be distributed on the internet. But um, yeah, I I have no idea <laughs> other than I'm just mad cuz I thought we were cool with City. Yeah. they are messing with us. Yeah, I thought
0: I thought it would. I thought we had an agreement, an unspoken agreement, that they announce things and
2: then we have a show. You know, got to start getting things in writing.
0: I gave them. You know, this morning I said, "Hey, we're going to live stream tonight," and I thought that was enough of a wink, wink, wink to uh, get the information we needed.
3: But <laughs> apparently not. Apparently not. I mean, the, the other thought is uh, maybe our, like a schedule or preseason announcement or something. Yeah, that'd be cool you too. That all that stuff is
0: trickling out. Um, <laughs> we tried today actually on that one. <laughs> we tried everyone
2: uh, made, the, yeah, made the effort <laughs> in, instead we're, we're sitting here spending afternoons tracking down other teams websites and social medias and piecing yeah. together oh,
0: schedule. yeah and let's talk about that because luckily in private I very much overreacted today <laughs> and you know let's just talk about it because we were tracking down what games we're going to have in preseason what games we're not going to have and loose city was announced for what March 5th is that correct mm-hmm. it's a Saturday yep. in St. Louis and we all got so excited we're like oh my gosh we're playing loose city hashtag king's cup like this is happening we're so excited and then something else happened and we were like closed game
2: what and yeah their website their website listed us and the college they're playing with asterisks that said these will be closed door sessions and i lost my damn mind
4: and crew yeah Yeah. yeah
2: Uh, Stu put a very,
0: you know, a very controlled tweet out there. So well done, sir. You did good.
2: Very measured.
4: So I, I'm just going to say I'm sure that making it public was well in the works before anyone said anything. <laughs> but I don't think those things happen on a dime. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, we know three three preseason games right now. And I think I know a fourth. Um mm. that I was saying in the chat. We'll we'll see if that happens or gets announced. But uh yeah, Matt, you were the one who, who talked about the first two, if you wanna Well go so
2: the, the first one was uh so we're learning these from other teams that are announcing that they're playing City, which is um, kind of an interesting tactic for our club to take, but we're talking about it, so here it is. Um F C Cincinnati is one of the MLS clubs going to Clearwater, Florida here in a um, like three or four weeks to do some preseason. And MLS clubs go down there uh, to that complex every year, I I believe, at least for the past few, just to do um, like some multiple teams play each other. So, it seems like we're going down there. We're listed on FCC's website as while they're in Clearwater playing us. Um, To me, that tells me we're probably not going down there just to play one match and then fly back. I would assume that we're going to play one or two. Then they're probably going to be closed-door sessions, but it's just nice to know that um, some of the other clubs that are going to be down there, I know Nashville's going to be down there, Philadelphia Union are going to be down there. So it'll be interesting to see if one of those gets announced as a closed-door match around the February 11th time frame, which is when we play Cincinnati. Yeah. And then... uh, the other
4: one that we know about, Stu. I was going to say, I'm I'm pretty sure February 15th is a good chance that we're playing Philadelphia Union because they have a gap between the 11th. They play the 8th, 11th, and 18th, so there's a gap right in the 15th, and Cincy and Nashville play each other on the 15th, so Union will be in Clearwater, Florida on the 15th with no match so that is the logical time that we would play the 14th or 15th in that range so um i think we'll see union announce that they're playing st louis city too on february 15th that's that's my guess but yeah the uh so yeah the first one was fc cincy on the 11th and then Stu durango yesterday tweeted out that slew will be playing city to be determined location assuming herman yeah and uh to be announced uh date so
0: is that one that might be closed or no we're not sure
4: uh, no, no data I can yet. I see on that, that one. as either way, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah,
2: Well, I... we don't know when flu season starts yet, do we? That schedule hasn't been announced yet either, right?
4: No, no. no they but were... it's usually it usually starts um, with a few friendlies early February, mm-hmm. but everything got so you... thrown off because of COVID. Because they only started doing the spring season in what 2019 or was it 2020? And I guess 20, I don't know. 2020, they're doing it, but I don't remember about 2019. Yeah, so I think they'll do a few friendlies before they kick off, like, the yeah. AT, A10 uh, spring season. So
2: um, you're thinking we may have the slow Game maybe before February 11th? If we're going to make that Clearwater trip.
4: Uh, I was thinking that, but now I think it might fit the week before. Louisville especially if we're going to be home for Louisville do a St. Louis game um, and MOS next season kicks off and March 12th I believe is the first, first weekend of their spring season so it kind of all dovetails if you want to get a bunch of U17, U16 guys to play in that March 5th game you get them warmed up and ready for the MLS next season on the 11th, because or 12th, because both the U16s and the U17s play on the 12th, I believe, um, if uh, Brian Simpson's calendar is correct, which it basically always is. Yeah. yeah. And it's a yeah home game for City on the yeah. 12th. Yeah, yeah, against Soccer's mm-hmm. uh, Chicago Soccer's so. Um, I'm I'm sure that's that's accurate
2: you
0: gotta you gotta subscribe to that calendar by the way STL Soccer Tracker I think that's did I get the name right yeah you gotta follow them and you gotta get that calendar it's awesome Uh, they do amazing work Uh, one question really fast and then we gotta we gotta we're gonna finish up with the super draft and we can't take too long but Smitty asked a question where would you guys like to see City 2 play their home games this season I'm gonna say Herman because that's the best Herman, field and yeah. stadium in St. Louis until the other one's done right
4: so that's me uh, I would love soccer park too but that Herman just on a personal level it's five six minutes from my house so I mean I, I can't, <laughs> can't beat that um, yeah it, it's Herman for me. Then Soccer Park. Then Creepcore. Then Ralph Court
1: Stadium. I don't know what that is. Where do you, where do you think the game against Louisville will be played at? Uh,
4: I would say that one should be played at Soccer Park, but I think it's going to be played at at, at Herman.
2: I think I agree. Um, from what I want I I would love Herman um, Soccer Park Creep Core but what I think will happen is that the odds on I would say the odds on favorites Creep Core Dark Horse is Soccer Park and Herman is in no fly zone
4: (laughs) yeah they're they're preseason games so I mean especially uh blue city makes sense to do it at Creve core i guess there's what yeah. 500 people stands and attendance really won't hit more than 500 so yeah Creve core would make sense for that one
0: and there's standing room, you know, if it gets above.
4: Yeah, yeah there's plenty of standing room. They have the weird beer cart thing that they yeah. roller. <laughs>
0: I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. I, as long as there's beer there, I'm going to be happy. I mean, I'll throw some in my backpack if I have to. I don't mind doing that either. But, you know, atmosphere is better if you... Stand in line and say hello to a bunch of guys waiting for your beer. I like it. It's part of the game day experience, right? Um, let's move on, though. Let's do the Super Draft. I'm not. I'm going to talk as little as possible because me and Devin Kerr did a, a long, long episode about that kind of thing. Very, very in-depth. So listen to that if you're into the nerdy kind of stuff. Uh, but maybe we can touch lightly about the Super Draft picks. Um, you know, I'm going to pull up my order here. I don't have the draft numbers. You guys can fill them if you, if you like in. But in order of St. Louisans to be picked was Isaiah Parker. Parker. Parker to FC Dallas from SLU, Kip Keller to Austin FC, SLU, Scott Gallagher, Patrick Schulte to Columbus Crew, SLU, Scott Gallagher, Simon Betcher to Vancouver, a SLU guy, Jack Lynn to Orlando City, Scott Gallagher and Notre Dame, Chandler Vaughn to LA Galaxy, SLU, Chase Neese to FC Dallas, SLU, right? Any of those last two, were either of them Scott Gallagher guys?
4: I Uh, I think, I know uh, Nice was was Vaughn. I think Vaughn might have been, too.
0: Well, since you're talking, Stuart, why don't you kind of lead off on some of your thoughts on these
4: guys? Uh, Well, first of all, it's a big ouch for uh, Kevin Kalish. I mean, he lost (laughs) uh, six guys, plus he's losing Marana to Houston, I believe, is signing a uh, homegrown contract. And then uh, A.J. Palazzolo is signed to a team that is undisclosed in Stu Durando's article. Oh. So we'll see where he lands. Uh, yeah, he's losing eight guys. That's uh, that's that's a lot to replace. But I'm I'm sure, you know, success begats success, and uh, he'll be excited on that. But uh, Kip Keller was uh, slated to be number one. Overall, on a bunch of those mock drafts, and he fell to fifth. But it sounds like Austin's a good place for him mm-hmm. to land. He's already, I think this was day two of their training camp. And um, uh, he just upgraded his Twitter, so he's at, at Kip Keller 44 now. So he did that today. Mm-hmm. I mean, Isaiah is dynamite. he'll do really well but sometimes attacking players are kind of hit or miss on mls draft so we'll see how he does in houston and then i'm pretty sure that fc dallas traded out of their spot in 13th because uh crew took schulte at 12 because i think dallas really wanted schulte but um that that one's going to be really weird because uh, uh, Crew have three good goalies ahead of Schulte, so where does That's cool.
2: the one I didn't like as much.
4: I mean, Brady Scotts. A, I mean, yeah. Schulte has already played well at the and he's trained for two years at the USL Championship level, which should be a higher level than MLS Next Pro. So I really hate the idea if Patrick warms the bench for a year at MLS Next Pro and Brady's the the starter there. So do they loan Schulte out? What um, do know. they loan There's,
0: Brady to like? Do they loan Brady
4: out? Yeah. He's ready. So I I think crew will be an interesting uh, interesting one to see if they if they utilize a loan to like a USL championship team or USL one team or something like because they, they have four good goalkeepers who all need playing time.
2: I mean, that'll be interesting in and of itself to see how many of these generation ideas guys get loaned out or just these first round picks get loaned out to anything other than an MLS next pro side, if available. So some, some clubs don't have them. Some still have their team in USL championship. Um, But will anybody try to try to like? Phil, your comment the other day was about the competition level and just not knowing MLS Next Pro versus that established USL Championship at the higher level. Is there anybody who are there any teams that are going to opt to send um, like the Jack Mayer route and send him to USL Championship as opposed to their own system with MLS Next Pro?
4: Which Jack's. Jack's USL uh, record with Charlotte is <laughs> going to be one of those great trivia things. It <laughs> will. Yeah. Played one game with Charlotte Independence, and he had an own goal. It's just like. Uh, and a red card, crazy. right? Did he get a red card? Uh, no. I, maybe. Did he No, get I'm some? probably wrong. I think I'm wrong. But, I mean, obviously, so much quality there, and, and a great guy. It's just like, oof, mm. that was a rough. <laughs> rough one and only game for the independents.
0: Bounce right back, though. Doing great. Oh, yeah.
4: I mean, he, he was starting for Nashville by the end of that year, so I mean, obviously didn't hurt him.
0: No, and I mean, that's his... I mean, other than um, MLS's back, that was his first season, right? And, and that's what, like, once I started thinking about, like, Aiden Stanley getting a decent amount of starts last year and um, what Mayer's been able to do in a short amount of time like some of these slew players could play this year by the end of the year they could cement a role depending on you know injuries or how well they do like that's crazy to me to think about it's cool it's awesome I'll be watching them on FOTMOP every single game right seeing if they get some minutes Um, any other thoughts on these guys any favorites glad they landed where they did
4: I mean, Jack Linds a really, I think he's a little underrated. He's yeah. absolutely fantastic and fun to watch. I think he could be a sleeper guy. In Orlando City, they know how to develop and put strikers in a position to succeed, especially college guys who who they draft. So I think Jack Lynn's a good one to watch and see what he does. Uh, yeah, I'm, obviously I expect them all to succeed, but I'm... Um, We'll we'll see, but very impressive overall by St. Louis in general by you know six guys getting drafted from the area. Pretty incredible,
1: Santiago. Any yeah. thoughts from you on that? Yeah, it was so exciting to uh, get so many St. Louis players uh, drafted. Um, I I don't know, like to me it feels like a, yeah, it's amazing, and uh, I was like, wow, St. Louis is like absolutely great. Uh, in the NCAA championship, they won their conference and uh, their only loss was uh, at the championship. And I was like, so St. Louis is doing great things at the college level, now uh, showing things at the professional level. And uh, St. Louis is rising, huh? it's, it's back to uh, being that soccer capital. And um, I think what, I was going to make a comment that. Uh, one thing that probably was a relief for a lot of people was that none of the players got drafted by Cincinnati, and we're not gonna find ourselves uh, following uh, Cincinnati a little bit to, just to follow uh, the St. Louis player. Yeah, I, when
0: when Kip went later, I was like, "Hey, I'll take
1: it." <laughs> That's <was> awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I mean the draft too. As a St. Louisan to be invested so late into the draft, from the beginning to the end of that draft day, like. We could have had players the entire time. It's just surreal. It feels so surreal um, that this is the way it is for us with Slu. And and you know, I know you were mentioning Stuart that that Kalish is going to have a hard go of it now that he lost eight players. And I agree. But he's built from scratch already. Um, and look where he got. And and I do think success breeds success. That hopefully they'll be getting some better recruits, and the pipeline is real between Scott Gallagher and hopefully City in the future and Slu. And You know, SLU is going to be such a fun one to watch uh, going forward. Maybe they can break the the record with the first round and get up ahead of... uh with Akron and uh, Wake Forest for the other two most draft picks in the first round. I'd like to see that. That's another goal for the future, perhaps. Jake, any last thoughts about St. Louis City this last week or two and, and even the weeks before that? I mean, Carnell's been hired, all these other hires, MLS Next Pro is growing. We're getting closer and closer to the season. What are your thoughts, man?
3: Um, I mean, I'll tie in the the draft too a little bit, just as a a, like general broad look at it. Um, well, I first I gotta say I'm not an official St. Louisian because I have not had my head in Fred Bird's mouth yet. This is real. Dang it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) missing out there. But I I think looking at hold on. Raise your hand if you've had
0: your head in in Fred Bird's mouth because
3: I have a thing it's real
1: oh, wow work on
3: it sandy you too
1: jake all right
3: keep going jake what were you uh, we gonna say I, I think i mean i've talked a lot about just the build-up and all, all the exciting stuff that's happening building up to st louis city and how I'll, I'll tell my lyft driver about the academy and then we have our reserves team or whatever i was calling it at the time and and then it's all just building up. it's such a good build-up and I think even we talked about it how when Slew was making their run in the tournament, how that's just adding on top of it, adding to the excitement, and then like you add in all the draft picks and everything too, just adds to this perfect storm that is blowing up as St. Louis Soccer builds to MLS, which is super exciting. I, right, uh, shortly before the draft, I was talking to a coworker who was, he was we were talking about soccer. He knew I was a soccer guy, so he asked me about. I think he said the story was like, oh yeah, my. My brother-in-law is really into soccer, and he's telling me how St. Louis is such a soccer capital. And he's not a guy from St. Louis, so he was just like asking me like how true it was. And and I was like, well, the draft is coming up, and we have a chance to have like multiple guys go in the top ten. So that just tells you right there. If if you want to look at it, just a like one quick look that that says a lot. And um, I think that's something that can that translates well to a general audience. And will just help them keep an eye out for, I mean, what's to come with MLS. So, it, it, like I said, it just adds to the the perfect storm that's that's building.
0: Completely agree. That's a perfect closure for tonight. Uh, um, you know, Omicron's real right now. So this live stream's been going, and everyone seems to like it. Thank you so much if you joined us online and you're chatting on Twitter. There's we'll figure of- out the chat thing at some point. Well, I know. I so I, we'll we'll talk about this. I, I <laughs> talked to tech support today to try to get it to work, and it doesn't exist. So we're over here like, look, I got the chat on my phone. Like I'm doing what you guys are doing. So <laughs> if you do, it works though. It works just fine. So uh, it was really cool of you guys ca- kind of to add to the conversation tonight. Uh, thank you all you guys we got the whole crew of five guys here tonight thank you for joining me and if you're listening on the podcast or, or listening living, uh, live streaming thank you for that we'll be chatting to you guys either next week or the week after at the latest we've been consistent and we're going to stick with it talk to you guys later